oh, when I think about all that's happened since I wrote my last Thanksgiving sermon, wow. It has been a very eventful, strange, and difficult year, full of sorrow and loss. But somehow, somehow that hasn't stopped us, hasn't stopped us from being thankful. Jean Chanel has worked on a very unique crisis hotline for the past 17 years. And she's thankful for all the skills that she's learned, skills that'll serve her well, especially this year. Quick thinking, a calm demeanor, a soothing voice, patience, and a big dose of common sense. You see, Jean is the director of the Butterball Turkey's Turkey Talk Line. And for the past 17 years, Jean has been fielding calls from frantic cooks who have left the giblets in the turkey or forgotten to defrost it or accidentally locked the turkey in the oven and set it to the self-cleaning cycle. Every fall, Jean and her team of nutritionists and home economists answer every conceivable question about how to, tur to cook a holiday turkey to perfection. Not all of Jean's calls involve in inexperienced cooks, however. There was a woman from Louisiana that called her this fall to ask for some cooking advice. As she and Jean talked, the woman revealed that her home had been seriously damaged by a hurricane. And as her spouse was working on clearing out the water and patching the roof, and her children were clearing litter and parts of the house out of the yard, this woman was uh, attempting to figure out how she was going to cook a turkey, how she was going to cook it in her storm-battered kitchen. Jean was astonished that this woman called and astonished that she would still put forth an effort after all that the family had been through. But when she asked the woman, she replied, why, of course we'll celebrate Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for this year. Wow. We have all weathered many storms this year hurricanes and fires and the COVID-19 virus spreading throughout our country and the world, blatant racism, political unrest, disappointments at work and at home, and in the quietness of our own hearts. Life has not treated us gently this year. We've become weathered Christians this year. But even in the midst of the tempest, we give thanks. And some of us have discovered that the hardest moments of life this year have somehow been when love of God has become somehow most real for us. Our loving God, who is mindful of our every need and who sees us through every dark hour. And we give grateful thanks. It's that same kind of thankfulness that one man expressed to Jesus a day a long time ago at the edge of a town in the region of the world between Samaria and Galilee. Along with nine other companions, he'd been shunned by the rest of the community 
because he showed symptoms of a contagious disease called leprosy. He and his companions had to keep a distance from everyone else, had to live outside at the edge of town, and they couldn't work, so they depended on the charity of those inside the town for their livelihood. One day, they saw Jesus and his disciples approaching. They'd heard that Jesus was a renowned healer of lepers, but they stayed at their proper distance, and they just called out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus saw them and could see what everyone else could see, that they were eaten up with leprosy and needed all the mercy they could get. But he then responded to them in a really interesting way. Jesus didn't tell the man and his friends that they were well. He didn't touch them and heal them. He just ordered them, go and show yourselves to the priests. None of them asked Jesus why, because there was only one reason to go and see the priests, and that was to receive a diagnosis, a verdict, clean or unclean, insider or out, member of the community or beggar at the outskirts of town. None of them asked him why, but as they went to do what they were told, they were cleansed. The scabs went away, the color returned, the feeling came back into the limbs that had been numb for years. And then things got a little more interesting. Nine lepers went out and went on to do exactly what they were told to do, to have the priests in Jerusalem officially certify their cures and restore them to society. But one of them didn't do as he was told. One, when he saw that he was healed, cried out and turned back and praised God with a loud voice. He was filled with awe and gratitude. He ran and he didn't stop until he was spread out at Jesus' feet, praising God and giving thanks really, really loudly. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. He kind of made a spectacle of himself, and he was a Samaritan no less, seen as a foreigner to other Jews, a double outsider because of his leprosy and his non-Jewish blood, lying there thanking God as if God were revealed right there, right in this man called Jesus. It's hard to say what effect that 10th leper had on Jesus, but something happened because all of a sudden, Jesus started asking questions. Weren't there 10 lepers here just a minute ago? Where are the other nine? Is this foreigner the only one who knows how to say thank you? Then he turned to the 10th leper and said, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. It's a little odd to me. Didn't Jesus tell all ten to go and to present themselves to the priests? And didn't nine do exactly what they were told? And didn't this one really not do what he was told? And weren't all ten healed? Then how come this one got special treatment 
got his faith and was told his faith made him well. Weren't all 10 made well? What's going on? 10 were healed of their skin diseases, but only one of them, only one of them found God. 10 were declared clean and restored to society, but only one was said to have faith. 10 set out for Jerusalem to claim their health as they were told, but only one turned back and beyond the call to obedience, ran and gave himself to the giver of health instead, shouting his thanks and his love and joy to God. It was done so excessively, so beyond the call to obedience, that for a moment, when I read the story, I felt like all I do as a follower of Christ and as a priest is nothing in comparison to this man. I realize that I know how to be obedient, but I don't know so much about unrestrained acts of thanks. I read my Bible, say my prayers, help others, pay my pledge, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing at all. It's that kind of steady, law-abiding discipleship, the discipleship of the nine other lepers, who has kept that kind of service, has kept the church afloat for thousands of years through every kind of turbulation possible. I'm one of the nine. But it's the tenth leper that interests me, the outsider, he captures my imagination. He's the one whose disease I fear and whose passion confounds me. The one who I may not ever see at all because he doesn't need a priest to certify his cure. Where are the nine, Jesus asks, but I know where they are. Where's the tenth leper? That's what I want to know. Where's the one who followed his heart instead of his instructions, who accepted his life as a gift and gave it back again? The one whose thanksgiving rose up from somewhere so deep inside of himself that it turned him around, it changed his direction, it led him to Jesus, it made him whole. Where are the nine? They're right here, we're right here, right here watching this online service. We know the rules, we know who does what. We're the ones upon whom our church depends, depends greatly. But where, for the love of God, are the 10th leper people? Where are the disorderly ones who fail to go along with the crowd, the impulsive ones who fall on their faces in the dirt, the ones who take obedience to a higher level. What do they know that we don't know? I want to find them and find out. I realize that I've become so absorbed with everything going on in the world and with my own agenda 
that I've often overlooked the wonderful things in life that are still all around me. Life and love and friends and beauty and work and worship. I've forgotten to see them for what they really are, gifts from God. I've taken them for granted in the midst of these anxious and unpredictable times. But in waking up again, waking up, walking in the beauty of autumn, waking up to an unexpected email from an old friend, watching the phases of the moon and the rain and the smell of freshly baked turkey, I'm awakened again and I thank God with a grateful heart. It is in practicing gratitude to God that we all become awake to listen to the deep rhythms of our own lives again, in remembering how we are created by God and how we are called to live and sustain this good earth. We are truly made whole. That's why we gather here together remotely today, to say thank you. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, God, for loving us and watching over us, for life and death and life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is our model and our strength. Thank you, God, for the whole mess of this past year, the things we've welcomed, and the things we'd risk anything to escape. And happy Thanksgiving. We'll celebrate it differently than usual this year, dining alone or in small household groups or getting takeout. And we'll share the looks of one another's loved ones' turkeys, perhaps, on Zoom this year. But God is with us. And there's no corner of our lives that God doesn't inhabit. Let us keep alert and be on the lookout for those tenth ones. Be on the lookout for God and be ready to shout out our thanks in all things. Thanks be to God. Amen.